0: This Crowdcast podcast is brought to you by the book, Sitting in the Shade of Another Tree. For too long, people of faith have focused more on pointing out where other religions get it wrong. But what if we decided to focus more on all the ways those other religions get it right? This path might end up leading us into deeper understanding, connection, friendship, and peace. This was the idea behind the book that Choir Publishing and Pathios decided to assemble gathering voices from different religious backgrounds who have learned to listen to those outside their own faith traditions. We hope that the wisdom they share with us here allows you to become more open to the truth and beauty to be found outside your own faith community. Sitting in the shade of another tree,
1: from Choir Publishing and Pathos, available now on Amazon. Western Christianity has spent the last 2,000 years telling everyone they're separated from God.
2: This is not Church with John and Nat Turney. Well, welcome back, dearies, to the program.
1: Is that even close? In my it's, head, it's, it sounds spot on. It's close, it's close. It was
2: a drive-by fruiting. I don't know. <laughs> welcome back to This Is Not Church, the podcast. No, I just feel like I'm doing like a female version of the of, of, of groundskeeper Willie in The Simpsons. I thought you were doing like Paul McCartney. I have no idea what I'm doing. I said that it wasn't right. We're more popular <laughs> than Jesus. That's actually what we should start saying about the... Oh, that's our new tagline, John. Welcome to This Is Not Church, the podcast. We are now more popular than Jesus. <laughs> See, the sad thing was when the Beatles said it, it was kind of true. Oh, it was um, very we true. Even, we can't even come close to saying that. No, hey, by the no. way, this is a podcast that you've clicked on to. I hope you know that you've done that. This is a, a podcast where uh, my brother, John, and myself, I'm Nat, by the way, uh, we, uh, we like to talk to all kinds of interesting and fascinating people. And we try. I think, John, we do a pretty good job of getting like a, a spectrum Right, like, a, like, like, not just your run of the mill, like, oh, people who write books, whatever. No, no, no. We've got content creators like April LaJoy, who's going to be here today, who is here today, and uh, she is a uh, got a huge TikTok thing going. How, how old do I sound right there when I said that? She's I know. Got this huge, you know, like <laughs> she's got that. She's got the TikTok going on. She's, she's got the tickety talk. <laughs> she's on the uh,
0: interweb.
2: Yeah, her favorite <laughs> movie, her, her favorite music is the hippity hop, <laughs> what I've heard. But let me read you a little bit about April and then I'll stop talking and I'll let her talk as it will be much more interesting. Uh, so April is a content creator who uses humor to shine light on the harmful, toxic, and sometimes weird traits of American Christianity. Sometimes weird? I don't know. As a preacher's kid, she was deep in conservative evangelicalism. Some of her evangelical highlights include singing on the Jim Baker show. Yikes. Sorry. <laughs> Working for the 700 Club. Ooh, you do have your credentials. And leading <laughs> worship for over a decade. Ooh, so you met Pat Robertson? Yeah. Ooh, okay. We have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, she now identifies as a recovering conservative and is navigating through her own faith deconstruction journey through a comedic lens on social media. She's been married to her partner Beecher for eight years, and they have two daughters together. She and Beecher also host a podcast called The non Marriage that shares their journey of accepting Beecher's gender identity as nonbinary. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, April. How are you?
0: I am good. How are you all? Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, man. It is our pleasure, man. We Man, we love talking to interesting people. I've been rolling through your... to John's John's much more up on all these newfangled things like the tickety-talks and the the YouTubes (laughs) and the, you know... I actually have to be careful because I'll just go down a rabbit hole on some of the stuff and never come back out. But uh, I have been uh, watching quite a bit of your content today and it's... It's pretty amazing and uh, and I have questions.
0: Oh, well well thank you and shoot.
2: <laughs> it is as we were saying offline before we started it is simultaneously really funny and a little bit scary because you're you're sort of lampooning actually it's not even lampooning you're just playing sometimes it's just reacting to stuff actual people say and like and, and shining a mirror is like, okay, this is weird, right? Like this is strange. So how did you get started doing doing that kind of stuff?
0: Kind of by accident in twenty twenty when the pandemic hit and <laughs> the everyone,
2: world. Yeah, when the world <laughs> yeah.
0: stopped for a minute. Yeah. Um uh, I was at home with my family quarantining like we were supposed to do, and I downloaded that TikTok App that I thought was like a teen dancing app for some reason. I really didn't know what it was, but I knew, uh, you know, Beecher, my spouse was a college professor, so like we knew the Gen Zers were like talking about TikTok, whatever. So I was like, well, we're all here, home, bored kids. Let's download this. And I was like, we'll we'll make up some dances and do some funny videos with the family just to pass the time. Um, and then I made one video in May of 2020. So I'd only been on TikTok for like two months, maybe. And it was to a trend on the app at the time. But the gist of the message on the video was that when you're a Christian who doesn't like Trump, you get kicked out of the club. And it was like a funny take on it. And it blew up to almost a million views. It was like my largest, like biggest video at the, like it was massive for me at the time. And it was surprisingly full of comments from most people like agreeing with me or saying like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one or like what on earth is happening? Like I've been feeling the same way. And um, like a lot of people like in churches that were, Like, kind of quietly questioning things and being gaslit. And so it was kind of an eye opening thing. And then I realized it was a lot more fun to talk politics. And because I've always been very open about politics and faith and everything, but it was, you know, previously it was just from a conservative, Republican, Christian perspective. (laughs) And, And as I started shifting, like on Facebook and stuff, my, the majority of my like family and, friends on there were not shifting with me. And so it got really annoying because it was just be like full on debates on my personal Facebook page from like people I knew, like cousins and, uh, you know, people that watched me grow up, like calling me, you know, that I've been deceived by Satan or, you know, and I realized it was just a lot more fun dealing with complete strangers that I didn't know. Calling me the Antichrist and like you know <laughs> cousin Brenda, <Right>. um, <laughs> so it's like I I can handle like user five hundred and a bunch of other numbers like sure sure calling me a demon that that just felt I don't know it was just a little more palatable, so then I just it just kind of spiraled from there I started making more and more and then. Now it's like my thing.
2: <laughs> and it's it's great though. It's, I mean, it's it's. I don't think people realize how difficult some of that is to do. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I've, I've tried. I'm not. It's not great. So I watch people like you who do it with such a plum. April Joy, your middle name should be a plum. Um, you do it so well; it seems effortless. But but the topics that you that you that you broach are interesting. I I, the, I think the first one I watched today was the one where the the girl is confessing that she struggles with same, or with opposite sex attraction. Mm. And I thought that was like, because we just had this conversation, didn't we? We were talking to somebody on the podcast, we were talking about, you know, the way that the church has treated LGBTQ folks forever. And, and what if we, and I was thinking to myself, what if we had turned the tables and tried to fit heterosexual, cisgendered people into, you know, that, like, and like you said, well, I've struggled with this opposite sex attraction. I'm trying, you know, I don't know what was, I mean, it was the the point, I guess, to just, just sort of shine a light on that that hypocrisy, right? Just like, why do we use that language, right?
0: Yeah, because there's so many people that are really homophobic that believe like any form of, you know, homosexuality and and gay orientation is sin. And so they won't even say that they're gay or that they're like struggling with being gay. It's that they have, quote, you know, same sex attraction. Like they won't even call it homosexuality or that they have gay because that's giving it too much power. That's an identity. But it's like stupid. It's just like digging their heels in for the sake of it, even though like, no, same sex attraction, that, that is homosexuality, that is bisexuality or, you know. So that, that was the point of that. It's like, no, I am, I am not. Oh, and then people will be like, no, I'm not gay. I'm not yeah. gay. I just but struggle. I do, I do struggle. With, yeah. <laughs> I just struggle with same sex attraction, but I'm not gay. We're like, well, how silly would it be if you flip that? I'm like, no, 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 I'm not straight. No, I no, just no. struggle with opposite sex attraction, but I'm not I'm not straight. And they're like, Well, could you just be bi? No, 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 I'm not bi. No, no, no. no. I'm not straight. I just struggle
2: right. with I, it. I say I'm ex straight, right? But I, I Yeah. Well, I'm, not, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not diabetic, <laughs> but I, I do struggle with sugar attraction. I mean, there are certain things that <laughs> John's I'm Like, I'm sorry, that cut a little too close to home. But we actually, I was trying to think of the name of the of who we were talking to last week. I think it was that Seth Showalter has written a book called Finally Free, um, where he documents his journey through putting himself through through conversion therapy because he was so deeply rooted in this identity of, of evangelical Christian above and beyond everything else that he thought there was something severely wrong with him and went to his parents and basically said. I'll do whatever it takes to not be gay, you know? And so the, the serious side of this is, is, is the harm that it really does cause. But I like your approach of saying, well, let's, how about if we look at this in a kind of absurd way and say, like, can you get it? I think, I think, I think people will. I think there will be those who always dig their heels in. But anyway, I just, unless you're, of course, you're Nick Fuentes, in which case, you think that having a girlfriend makes you even more gay than a guy who's never had a girlfriend? Oh
0: yeah, that clip was yeah. wild.
1: Wasn't that clip? Did you watch <laughs> that one, John? <laughs> no, I didn't. You know even Nick Fuentes is. I, I don't. I, oh, I feel man, like I God. should. He's a wackadoodle. He's oh, okay, a terrible so movie. I don't feel bad
2: that I don't know him. No, did he have a role? did Did he play some sort of part in the January sixth insurrection? I, I don't know. I like would imagine rallying. he
0: did. I, I, he was, I heard about him after the fact, like from other.
2: I don't know if he was part <laughs> of the Proud Boys or something.
0: He's definitely like white nationalist. Oh for yeah, sure. yeah,
2: for sure. Um, but he, uh, yeah, the, the clip that she was, was him trying to explain the fact that he'd never had a girlfriend or had sex with a woman made him less gay than his gay friends who had dated girls, apparently. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it was the most okay. bizarre backwards-ass logic I've ever heard in my life. And he was serious. <laughs> That's the part when I said April that I said there's parts of this that are hilarious and then like simultaneously scare the hell out of me. Like he's a real person, I think. Um, maybe he's just playing a part on TV. I don't know. But he's, like he said all that stuff with a pretty straight face. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know who he was talking to. I think he's maybe trying to convince himself.
2: Perhaps. <laughs> and doing a poor job, I
1: think. But yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like the all three of us were brought up in a very similar evangelical fundamentalist background.
2: hmm
1: Nat and I were part of the uh the four square church uh growing up. Um so it's like what what do we call it? It's um Pentecostal, it's like Pentecostal light. light. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, 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 like we spoke we, in tongues, but not a lot. You know, right. mm. <laughs> it was like, or, or not in public. Like we did it behind People were doors. slain in the spirit, but we didn't understand <laughs> why. Nicely. <laughs> I mean, you know. Gentle,
0: was, not like yeah. shoved down. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was, no, was, yeah. was before you know, the advent of the prosperity gospel, really. Even did y'all ever
0: to have the laughing movement?
1: Uh-huh. To church. Uh, oh that was so, I, Nat, so the the part that Nat and I or oh, is I left the church when I was eighteen, eighteen or nineteen. I uh, stuck because it out. I um I couldn't deal with the bullshit anymore. <laughs> so I left, but then I like so like unceremoniously decided to come back in my forties. Uh, thought I could thought I could make a difference if I came back with all this worldly knowledge. And so I brought this and um I Right there, right there on my wall. That's mm-hmm. my Southern Baptist license to preach. Wow! So, and I almost, and I honestly thought that was my gateway into like changing changing people's minds. I think what you mean is portal. It was a portal. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. A demonic but, portal. So, <laughs> but but to to my for my own well being, there's a lot of stuff that I think that you and Nat went through staying I think you were in the church longer than I were, Nat definitely was in the church longer than I was, that I didn't I wasn't privy to. Mm-hmm. I've only been listening and hearing about now that Nat and I do this podcast. I'm like, that sounds stupid. You did what?
2: (laughs) How many times have I told you like, yeah, you missed, you didn't miss a lot. So you missed out on some of the bad stuff.
1: But I think we all have, I think we all have a a very similar starting point. So we all, uh, Nat and I are pre-purity culture. So we didn't have the promise rings, but we definitely were, we definitely had the sit downs, right? Where they separated the girls from the boys and they, we had the conversations. And I know that our conversations were 1000% different than the women's. Uh, ours were just, um, you know, boys will be boys and it's your job to not get in trouble. It's literally what I was told. And that anything you do could ruin, ruin the girl. Oh, yeah. Cause from that, it, from that point on, you know, because I have so much power, I could destroy her, you know, in the face of God and the church. So being someone who's super, I, I have like a high level of anxiety. Um, my problem was that I, I, so my, I didn't know how to talk to girls because I didn't want to be the guy who messed anybody up. And I didn't want to be able to point a finger at me and go, you're the reason she's fucked up. So, but it's only been recently that Nat and I have had these conversations with people within the purity culture on the other side, the conversations that were, that, that you all had on what, and you, you just recently, not recently, I, one of the, one of the, uh, I was going through and rewatching some of your TikToks, and the one where you had to like completely change the way you dress, like you had like a like a dress on that had showed maybe a little too much on the top, so you could like you could put like a shirt underneath, or you could put like a full like long sleeve shirt, and if the skirt's too long too short, you could I like you could add skirt. a second skirt. Yeah,
0: uh, that that uh, goes from girl defined. I don't know if y'all know uh, who they are. Know.
1: They're oh, like awesome.
0: they're like Christian influencers. Okay, to blonde. Sisters, they're married now, but they pushed purity culture like real hard. So they're like in it still. That was oh, okay. St- of, yeah, they were being for real on that audio.
2: So some of those you're you're stitching like real, like bona fide yes. other content creators, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Like the like the girl working out.
0: Yeah, that was real.
2: That was real. Like she was like she was for real.
0: Yeah, she had a. It didn't even say Jesus on her butt. It said she. I think she started a line called Jezzer. Oh, no. And Jezzer's like short, or it's like a combination of two of the words of God. I don't remember what they were. Um, but she was like, you can <laughs> witness for God at the gym with my <laughs> leggings. So she's like selling these leggings, but literally it just says Jezzer. Like no one's going to know what that is.
1: No. And I'm going to assume it's dirty. I mean, for real. <laughs> well, and, and the whole idea is that there's supposed to be more... <laughs> I hate talking about this because it's so stupid. But like, they should cover up more, right? Yeah. And then so she's basically asking, in her own way, for people to look at her ass.
0: Yeah. I know. Mean, I right? know. It doesn't.
1: In her, in her <laughs> <other pants. laughs>
0: I mean, in some ways, it's prog- it's progressive in some of her circles because she's way we- she is wearing like a yeah. crop top and being more like, which is odd. But then at the same time, she's pushing the same type of mod, like modesty. Like modesty's changed. I don't know. It's
2: yeah, was odd. That is, it was crazy. <laughs> Let me ask you a question then: are, are there any? Are there any personalities like in this world that you like are like your favorites to kind of pick on, or are they maybe they like the gift that keeps giving? I don't know. Just a thought.
0: I mean, I I would say if there's one that probably comes up the most consistently in my videos is Greg Locke, just yeah. because he's always doing something crazy. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean Sean Foyt, I can't stand oh Sean my God. He's like one of my least favorite people. But I've done a few things on him. Um,
2: he's the he's the Bethel guy, right? Yes, See, the he's the one did, who did
0: all the the worship quote protests
2: like the during the
0: pandemic. Oh and he right, was like, yeah. you can't shut us down. Like the church right. will rise.
2: And like then bro, you people are told dying. You to die. Nice job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a he's a particularly horrible person. Yeah,
0: yeah, Rolling Stone called him Jesus Christ Super Spreader. And then he, <laughs> and then he, and then he put that on a t-shirt and sold it. Because yeah, he's like, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, embrace that moniker. Jesus Christ Super Strong, my sweet Jesus. Oh my gosh. Um, I noticed that you had a, a video uh, with, uh, I think it was Greg Locke, but it had been posted by him in Meta where he was saying, something to the effect of I'm not saying that owls are demonic <laughs> I wrote a note to myself owls are the de- owls are, I'm not saying owls are demons but the second part of that was like but but Lilith will often appear in the form of an owl and I'm like so now you've let's see you've you've actually you've conflated the the divine feminine Sophia with demonic with owls uh, I don't know help me help you understand. it, it doesn't that. make any sense. <laughs> Craig Locke is a I think he's disturbed. I think there might be something Well, Oh, he's absolutely as disturbed.
0: He either really believes I mean, what he's doing, which is scary in its own right, or he's just a good con.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm I'm not sure which is scarier, honestly. Right. Yeah. You know, like like if if he genuine, genuinely believes half of what he says, then he's you were saying you'd, you'd seen where he's going to host a, a flat Earth debate at his church, which is. I'd like to know. Do you know who he's who he's debating?
0: His name. Because I know was a lot of people in that Something community. like Odal Pastor. It was another pastor. Oh, that's right. Who was, yeah, who's a flat earther, and. And I don't know, there was a clip of Greg Locke speaking. I don't know how true this is, but he had said that someone had offered him like, we'll give you $10,000 if you can prove the earth is round. And then he came back was like, I'll give you $20,000 if you can prove it's flat. And then that's kind of how this debate came about. And I think he ended up saying that he'd give the other guy $30,000 if he could prove that the earth was flat. And like that guy has his own website where he's like, yes, it's true. Greg Locke offered me this money, but we will win, but we will not accept the money because that's not wow. what this is about. It's about oh, biblical it's truth and blah, 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 hmm. Oh, also they're not, if it does make you feel better, because I felt a little weird about being on the same side as Greg Locke, you know, <laughs> right. being on like, the earth is a globe. Or a, sphere. a glober. Right. <laughs> But they're not using science at all
2: in well, the debate. Of not, it's you, only
0: based on it, proving it by Bible verses.
1: <laughs> well, that, does,
2: that, that actually does make me feel better.
0: Yeah. So science still isn't there, but, you because
2: know. you know, if you' a broken you, clock,
0: right? Well, it's they a, won't use
2: math either. So you can't use yeah. math, and you can't. I've actually heard um, multiple Flat- Earthers refer to math as mathematics. <laughs> so for them, yeah, even, even math is, is something akin to uh, astrology, essentially. It's all, it's all just numbers that, and because they don't understand it, because they never took math beyond, you know, middle school level anywhere, it's just all a mystery to them. So things they don't understand, they are just untrue. But I'm actually surprised that Greg Locke would not fall on the flat earth side of that because it is, it is fairly, you know, consistent biblically. <laughs> so, but i i thank you for for setting my my mind that he's uh, that they will not be using science
0: yeah science is not involved in that discussion
2: <laughs> well it's, it's funny i don't know if, if you ever really want to kill some brain cells and some time, there's some pretty funny stuff on YouTube that is uh and not on the like on the on the debunking side we actually had John and I actually interviewed a guy named m c tune uh um, that's his youtube name his name is mike and he uh he actually has an entire channel on YouTube that's devoted to debunking and debating flat earthers and as he calls it it's entertainment for smart people because pretty much you know middle school geometry pretty much ends the debate really but it is fascinating to to think that there's still even if it is a very small sliver of the population there are still people out there who just and it's all it all comes down to conspiracies right because it all has to come down to everyone's lying
0: even if they had some evidence that the Earth was flat, which they don't. But the amount of conspiracies you have to believe to believe that the Earth is flat is like, there's just too many. That's too exhausting. Who's got the time? It's because then NASA's involved. And then you've got like, like everybody for the last like centuries has just been in on it.
2: It And why? Every physicist, every (gasps) scientist, every astronomer, every space agency... Not just American space agencies. There are the Indians just lost the whole,
1: the whole airline you know, industry, the, the whole shipping right. industry. Everyone's
0: in on it, but why? Like, what it? My, that would be my question. Like, why? What's it? Like, what do they get out of this deception?
1: Oh,
2: April, you're so naive, April. They, it's, it's so they can deny God. That's how much they hate God.
0: <laughs> but you can easily just also be a Christian and believe that the Earth is round, no, like. Yeah, Most like, people I'll, do
2: that. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to err on the side of caution and say that probably 99% of Christians are not flat earthers. So somehow they've managed to at least, you know, make uh,
1: work around those two dichotomies. But
2: I don't know. It as, was, as, it a, was as a joke
1: the other day at work, I decided that I would debate anybody who wanted to debate me and I would be a flat earther. Hmm. <laughs> I made it like five minutes and i was i was already like annoyed with myself
0: <laughs> no that's fair
1: i'm like i can't i can't even i can't even i can't even defend my own opinion I, I could i could do it john i could do it i couldn't do it Ain't i it couldn't just do miles it
2: squared john eight inches miles no. no and curvature. i did i did
1: the whole like gravity's not real you know The that sun's NASA only 3,000 miles away receiver, john yeah well, yeah okay yeah, like okay, I said, I, I about,
2: anyway, can't There's other. I did really enjoy also. Uh, like all the. I I grew up in such a, like John said, sort of pre-purity culture, but the theology was still the same, right? Um, so, um, the sanctity of marriage and all the all the all the you know, hoi polloi about premarital sex, and you know, we 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 were told that dating is just divorce practice, and so we weren't supposed to date; we were supposed to court. Right, we were supposed to court our significant others, but there were some of these videos you put in there. There's one about the one about the girl eating bananas in the uh, in the cafeteria at the uh, at the Christian school. That got me. I mean, that I, was I,
0: based on um, a real story that I heard from Bob Jones University. That oh, they really God, that would put forks me. by the bananas because of what how it would look if a girl ate a banana. Same thing with hot dogs.
2: <laughs> were there not popsicles?
0: I don't know. Welcome I'm assuming Bio- would have done it with popsicles no too. No corn
2: dogs, just for, dead, for damn sure no corn dogs. That yeah. is the most erotic <laughs> food in the world, by the way. Um, <laughs> I just have to say, no phallic foods anywhere at Bob Jones University. Um, that, that, that sounds about right. So I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, let me ask you this question. And then, John, I'm going to turn this over to you. Uh, and I'm, I'll preface this by saying I'm a nonviolent guy. I'm a pacifist at heart. I do believe wow, in the violent teachings of Jesus. But Ben Shapiro has the most punchable face of anybody on planet Earth, I think. Am I wrong?
0: Is that yeah. your question?
2: Is, <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you agree he has the most punchable face? I just will see him and I just.
0: I will say Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz. Okay,
2: they're up there too. Okay. But, I,
0: but uh, Ben Shapiro put one of my videos on his YouTube channel one time and still to this day, I, I'll get like at least once a week, Ben Shapiro stands coming to my page to tell me, Ben Shapiro roasted you! <laughs> <laughs> like That was like four years ago. And it was over something so stupid too. It was. It was. Yeah, so, so anyway. Well, me wasn't and Benny Ben, ben, ben got it. Yeah, a,
1: you and Benny, the, you and Benny Ben. Have we have, we, we have a
0: history.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you were, Wasn't you, it you, Ben Shapiro you, who did the whole like, he made the 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 burn barrel for the, the Barbie movie where was he like, lit like the, he lit the too. Barbie on fire and burned all the Barbies. And here's the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar to watch the Barbie movie. It's just not a movie I cared about because it's, it it just wasn't in my wheelhouse of movies I'd watch until that.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Oh they God. gave it yeah. so much free publicity by no. I mean, I was and like, it wasn't even that woke. Like it really wasn't.
2: It was yeah, it was it barely they met were, the standard of woke. They were this. saying there
0: was like LGBTQ indoctrination. There was none of that in there. They had one actress who is a trans woman, but you would have never known if the conservatives didn't no. make a huge deal about it. No. But no, Ben Shapiro had to become the real life Toy Story villain by like blowing up <laughs> actual Barbie dolls.
2: It was so, I remember seeing the, I, I went to, an, you know, I'd seen another movie and I saw the trailer. And to me, it looked like a, like a kid's movie. You know, it just looked like a for real, just, hey, this is just a bar. I had no idea there was a woke agenda in there. And so now I, I and and you know what, and it was okay you know, I, I was with you. I, I actually left the theater and I think I posted something on Facebook like, well, that was a disappointment. Like it wasn't nearly as woke as I had expected. I thought it was going to really get riled up and uh it was, it was fine. But as usual, reactionaries tend to shoot themselves in the foot whenever they make a big deal about something and like, don't go see this. And, um, next thing you know, it's, it's going to make a billion dollars, you know? And Probably spawn two or three really bad sequels. I mean, there's there's there's, there's almost no way that the sequel won't be horrible. It has to be right. But I'm No idea. I'm not going to even opine on that. And let me ask you about this real quick because I, I grew up watching
1: uh, Jim Baker. By the way. Oh so, yeah, and so uh, did I
0: <laughs> my condolences.
1: Oh sweet Jesus, our, our grandmother oh. actually gave quite a bit of her money. Yeah, even, even after Mr. Baker. was
2: exposed as a charlatan and a scum, she yeah. she's still,
1: she still, supported. I wish, I wish I could get her, money. well, you know, she's passed, but I wish that there's some way I could get her money back and like put it into some better, mm. something, something better than that piece of shit.
2: But how did you end up singing on the... Was it the Jim Baker show that you sang on?
0: Yes, yes. So uh, it was in... I don't remember the... 20, 2006, I think. I had just graduated high school, so I was 18. This was also post Jim Baker, like being out of prison. Right, so this isn't
2: PTO. No, is
0: this is his, like, the Jim Baker show, it's right. still, which still runs now. Right, yeah. Um, just, and
2: he's even crazier.
0: Yeah. like I mean, he was crazy back then, too, but...
2: But now he's, he's full-blown
0: continually gotten even crazier. But I will say even when I was on the show, he was selling I think it was called Revelation Emergency Generation Backpack or something. It, it was like in case the end of days were to happen. Like and buckets, I remember
1: that. Just, I do remember uh, that. Yeah.
0: It wasn't the buckets. This was pre-buckets. Okay. Pre-buckets. This, okay. this he, was he, just like a backpack that had like water that lasted seven years and some like military food and then like cups <laughs> that said Jesus loves you and like a little Gideon <laughs> Bible and like a tiny little flag that said help and a <laughs> blanket.
2: How to survive the demon apocalypse. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, I mean, it, it was like, it could be helpful if you were, you know, if you were out in the woods and, sure, sure. you know, we're trying to survive, I guess, but. Also, there was no end of days that happened between 2006 and now.
2: No, so, no, they keep missing the mark on that one.
0: Right. Um. Anyway, how I got on the show yeah. is, um. so my dad was a pretty well-known-ish, depending on the circles you ran in, uh, evangelist at the time, uh, my whole life really growing up. And so he had written a book called America Say Jesus, which was about that, you know, people like, in power in America, needed to start saying the name of Jesus, or that God was going to lift the veil of protection on the country, and um, and basically it was very Christian nationalist, and like how you know America is actually a Christian nation, and we should get back to that, and blah, blah blah blah. So Jim Baker was like, "Yes, we're having this on the show," and I wrote, I wrote a song to go along with the book, also called America Say Jesus, and I sang it on the Jim Baker show. Wow! So. No.
2: Does that exist anywhere in video form? Because I think that... I don't
0: think it's on their website because I checked. Because I was like, can people watch this? Um, But I have... They gave us a DVD of the show after it aired. uh, So I still have it. And I've posted clips of it on TikTok a couple years ago, but it's been a while. Yeah. I might need to repost it again. But it's really embarrassing. Like it's... I don't look good in it.
2: How old were you? I was 18. Okay. Okay. Well, so so, just a, I mean, I, mean uh, I was
0: young, but I was also eighteen. You know, I really thought I knew everything. And I believed all all my words. Like I mean, it was a stupid s- <laughs> the song is so bad. It's kinda catchy though. Like a few times I play it, they're like, Wow, that's actually kind of a bop. But it's like it's like very Christian nationalist. Like if Christian Nationalist had a bop. I'm also afraid to like release the whole thing now because I'm afraid the wrong crowd. Like I'm posting it ironically, you know, like oh my gosh, can you believe I used to do this? And I'm afraid there's a crowd out there that would be like, oh, we love this. this We're is, going yeah, to yeah. promote. So like, what, I, yeah, I don't want to accidentally make like the anthem of Christian nationalists.
1: So what? This is what you do then. You you have to you you have to release it as a remix, mm-hmm. and almost like a diss track of yourself.
2: Yeah. Or have mm-hmm. it sung by a drag queen like Flammy Grant. And there you go.
0: there you go.
2: Oh yeah, I love <laughs> Flamy. She <Flamie's> the best. <laughs> yeah, that is that is very that is very interesting. Yes, um, we've tried very hard to get Jim Baker's son on the show because um, he's a really remarkable person actually, and has has um, done much to redeem his parents' stained legacy. But it's interesting though because you know Tammy Faye Baker is such a Polarizing figure. In some ways, she was a really terrible person. In a lot of ways, she was very progressive, and she embraced many LGBTQ people when the church was pushing them way out of the margins. When when the AIDS crisis was in full bloom, she was a pretty outspoken advocate and ally. It's very interesting to see those two sides of that coin and go, okay, well, she was more than the than the over made up caricature,
1: you know. Well, this and this was mostly well, this was mostly post divorce, you know, after she left Jim Baker. Um, she was, uh, and I think she was free of the the crazy that was Jim Baker. What whatever the fuck he was doing, I don't even, I can't even imagine all the all the weird. And, 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 there was
0: that one. Did y'all see the the movie
1: Eyes of Tammy Faye?
0: Yeah, with um, Andrew Garfield, like that. Not the documentary, the actual like,
1: oh, narrative no, film.
0: There I was haven't. a a clip that they put in the movie, which obviously is fictional, but it was based on a real clip. Where she had um, a gay man with AIDS on PTL. I think it was PTL, um, but she was still married to Jim at the time when she did that too. And I, I know she got a lot of backlash for having a gay man just tell his story. And she didn't condemn him, she just let him speak. And like, I was like, that's, and I think that that's kind of brings, like, Tammy Faye is a perfect example of like the nuance in a lot of this, because I do think there are a lot of just really awful people within Christian nationalism and fundamental evangelicalism. For sure. Like there's yes, they're just awful. But there's a lot of, I think, really good people or people that mean really well that just get caught up in all of it and they don't you know, they just believe it because they've always been taught to believe it. And and you almost get gaslit to stay in it, you know, like anytime you have a question, there's always these quick little, you know, fears or, you know, well, don't don't go down that road because X, Y, and Z. So you, there's all these parameters where good people can exist in a harmful system. But I mean, that doesn't negate the harm that they cause. But I also like, I, I try to hold a nuanced view too, because when I was in it, and like, I was definitely very Christian nationalist, very, I mean, I was young for a lot of it too, but I stayed hardcore Republican until I was probably, you know, 28, 29 really until I started ha- like had kids and just had, was too tired to care as much. Um, <laughs>
1: I relate 100%.
0: sleepless <laughs> nights. Nice. like, I don't have the energy. Like, you know,
2: uh,
0: <laughs> um, but I like, even when I was in it, like if you were to get me in a room and actually have a conversation with me, I really did care about people and I thought what I was doing was the right thing. Like my intentions were good and it all, even with all the harm, not that it takes away from the harm, but I, I think that's why a lot of people do deconstruct, or why it's a lot of hard. It's why it's so hard for people in it who do mean well to deconstruct, because then they have to admit all the harm that they cause, and because they do mean well, that that can be almost like debilitating to yeah, have to be- like reconcile and recognize within yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. I I just recently wrote a blog for our Pathos uh, with within our. So we're part of a group called Choir Cast, which is part of a group called uh, under Choir Publishing. So, uh, from, from time to time, they asked us to write a blog and I wrote a blog and I, it was, the title was why I no longer call myself a Christian, but it was basically, it was me confessing, picketing a Planned Parenthood because I was so indoctrinated into the church that I thought that that is what I was supposed to do to be a good Christian. And I was standing in front of a Planned Parenthood with my picket sign, embarrassed. But I didn't know how to tell people I was embarrassed that we were doing this. It wasn't until years later, and, and I write in the blog, it's like, if I could find the people who crossed our picket line and I could apologize to them, I would. You know, obviously, that's never going to happen. But if there was any way I could, I would go to each one of those people individually and, and apologize. But I was so indoctrinated into this idea that our, that the religious right, the evangelical fundamentalist Christians had the only path to God that I knew, even though I felt weird about doing it, I felt like I had to do it. Because
0: it felt and, like the right thing. Or you, right. Or people, Everyone around you was telling you it was the right thing. Right. So it had to be the right thing. And then you're constantly told like, you know, well, maybe if you're not being convicted by the Holy Spirit like we are, then that's, you know, what sin is in your life. It, it's always was a you problem if you right. dared right. to speak those concerns or, you know, your doubts out
1: loud. Right. Well, and then, and very few people, I don't think I've ever posted, I know I haven't posted this online, but my family knows it. Not even two years later, I'm going to the same Planned Parenthood because my girlfriend's pregnant and she's getting an abortion. And so... I didn't know how to. And by then, I had left the church, but it had been so indoctrinated into me that I was. I had to. I I dropped her off. I couldn't go in, which I don't. I, honestly, I don't think they would let me anyway because they're they're very specific on how they do things there. But I I couldn't be seen there. There's no way in hell I could be seen there. I didn't want any of my church followers to see that. We knew we had a prayer meeting about you, <laughs> but it, it's I'm sad, isn't it? That this—I mean—it comes down to like the abortion, the abortion debate, which is bullshit. I mean, I mean, we can go down that we can go down that road as much as we want, but this idea that—and—and and I have mentioned this on our podcast. I have to eat my words because I never thought, I never thought Republicans would overturn Roe v. Wade. Because if they did, they lost their their hot button issue to scare you into voting for them. So I, I'm on our podcast saying this will never happen. It will never happen. Now I have to eat my words and have to say they did it. But the reason they did it, and I've said this on the podcast as well, is because they found a new enemy and that was the LGBTQIA plus community that they could go after. And because they have that, which apparently is even scarier now that they have that they could go ahead and push the uh Supreme Court to overturn Roe v Wade because they have a new enemy and that's trans rights, LGBTQ rights, all of that, right?
0: Right. I don't I do think they will not have as longevity with LGBTQ as they do abortion because their kids like statistically chances are a lot of their kids are going to come out queer exactly. in some way. And yeah. usually not well maybe not usually a lot of the times sometimes that does change their mind and they're going to start losing people on that issue because you know you when your child comes out trans or your sister or you know a parent it's a lot harder to then demonize that entire group because now suddenly you know somebody and it's personal
2: that's exactly right but never fear John never fear the Republicans will always find someone else to hate don't worry the, the, never underestimate their ability to, to to find a new enemy. I'm more concerned. I'm not concerned that they'll have the longevity to do maybe some really draconian things, but I'm I'm I am concerned about their ability to slowly erode some of those rights. You know, and I, I, I if they had their way, you know, they'd overturn. You know, they would go back to you know traditional marriage laws in a heartbeat if they could. I think that ship is sailed. That I'm, I'm hopeful that that's not something that they could get the Supreme Court to go back on it. Well,
1: and the sad part on uh, on like Roe v. Wade is so Roe v. White, Roe v. Wade was passed on this idea of women's rights to privacy or anybody's rights to privacy. So the overturning of Roe v. Wade in in a really weird way is like you don't have the privacy rights that you thought you had. And well, so not, I mean yeah. I remember as soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned the first thing I posted was look just be careful what they're coming after next. Because you think this is about abortion. This is not about abortion. This is about getting into your life and controlling you. And they're they're hiding it behind this idea that we're gonna save all these children that they don't give a shit about at all.
0: Well, and I think part of the there's there's a lot of indoctrination around the abortion issue too. And I will say yeah, like sure. one of my qualms with Democrats is that. I think they did themselves a disservice by because everyone just assumed Roe v. Wade was settled law. Like I mean, we all did. But by doing that, Democrats stopped debating abortion. Like they stopped really presenting their side. They would just say it's a woman's choice and leave it at that. But and all that did was fuel the right. And like I had only ever heard a very sensationalized idea of what abortion actually was, which what I heard was that women were carrying pregnancies all the way to nine months and then deciding willy-nilly to kill basically an infant. And these are the sensationalized stories that are constantly being told. So that was what I thought abortion was. I, I had never heard like the nuance of like, if you have a miscarriage and you're, you know, or, or your body needs to have a miscarriage, you're about to die from an ectopic pregnancy. Like you need to have like those. I had never even heard of such a thing. So I think I think, especially now, with it being so uh, up in the air, with you know the states' rights and, and who's legalizing abortion and all these things, like I really think Democrats need to start presenting the other side and actually debating it. Because I do think most Republicans and conservatives have never really heard an actual nuanced take of abortion. It's just either mur- it's just murder. It's just murder. Period.
2: Yeah, you're right. And then and then because the Republicans have been the ones pushing on the other side of this for so long, their arguments are pretty well formulated, I think. Right, yeah. Because like they've, they've had to, right? They've been the ones pushing against it. And like you said, because everyone sort of figured it was settled, there was no... I, I think what's happening now, now that it has basically gone back to the states, I am heartened to see that it has not taken... Um, that, that several states that I thought would have taken more... Drastic measures have, have resisted doing so. Like they've defeated bills like in Virginia and other places. I'm like, Oh, I, Texas is Texas notwithstanding. Um, we are going to, we're about to become one of the most restrictive abortion states in the country. If we're not already there. Um, they're about to criminalize leaving the state to get an abortion, which is very hands made tail type of shit. I think we need to start checking people to the border, start checking their papers, asking why they're leaving. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, but I have been encouraged by by how many states have actually come down on the side of main, maintaining the spirit of Roe v. Wade anyway, at least within their states. So, and maybe it will force those, those folks into, like you said, having to actually present their arguments a little better, maybe flesh them out a little bit and present a more nuanced view to people other than you're just killing babies versus you know, like you said, the issues of ectopic pregnancies, the issues of all kinds that they didn't see. Um, there was a, a law that they tried to pass in my, in my town. Te- this is how crazy Texas is, right? I live in a town of 100,000 people. Um, my, my town tried to pass, failed to pass, but one of the most drastic, um, most, most draconian, if I can use that word, anti-abortion measures I've ever seen. And it was basically uh, one of the key sticking points was that if, if you are aware of a person that was going to get an abortion and you didn't report them, you could be held criminally liable. How effed up is that? It wasn't, it wasn't enough to just say, no, we're just not going to do, we're just not going to perform abortions in this city anymore. We're also going to now have neighbor informing on neighbor under the guise of, of, of legal obligation. So, um, it got very, thankfully, like I said, it was, it was defeated, but many people were, were about to pass, were about to vote for it, having not actually read it. And all they were, you know, they're voting on the, whatever it was, that. uh Protect the American Children Act or whatever the hell they called it, right? So they go, Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm for that. Click the yes button. So yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's a, we're living in bizarro world, it feels like sometimes, which is why we need TikTok to, uh,
0: <laughs> I, why we need a laugh. That <laughs> out, well, that
2: came out very, very flippant, but it, I actually mean that. That's why we need sometimes, um, not some, I think very often you need something in the absurd realm. To actually call attention to the absurdity, right? I mean, it's, sometimes you just need to go, Hey, let me, let me flip this on you, show you how dumb you actually sound by showing you the same thing in an opposite way that will, and, and you go, Oh, okay, that's, that sounds insane.
0: Yeah. Flipping the script. And I also think too, doing it in a comedic way sometimes disarms people. They're not, you know, they don't have their guard up as much as they would if you come right at them and be like, you're an idiot. Like, why, you know, why do you say that? But if you do it in like a sketch or like a funny thing, like, who's this weirdo in a ladybug hat? You know, it's, it's, uh, it it can be a little disarming where they can look at it a different way, which granted most of the time these people aren't changing their minds from a video sketch. But sometimes, sometimes it makes me think like there's been times that's happened to me where I've watched something like, huh. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's interesting.
2: It's a good point, right? Have you ever heard of a, uh, another TikToker named Eve was framed?
0: Yeah, I, I, love her. We're friends.
2: Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we were trying. Well, we, we actually had her scheduled on the show. Then she decided to move and everything kind of, but she and I, um, I met her in Nashville when we did a, uh, she was actually invited to a conference that our publisher put on called Awake. And, uh, and she, oh, she's fantastic. But uh, so I, I think a lot of what you guys do is very similar. I I like the, but I was, I was going to say because you mentioned that your, your father was somewhat well known inside of the evangelical. So was her dad. Her dad is, and she doesn't use her real name very often because of this, but her dad's pretty well known in the, um, weird, prophetic, sort of pro Trump. He's still president. That, that whole crowd, he's pretty well known in that circle. And so she, uh, she's very outspoken in that regard, but you guys are, you remind me a lot of each other. The content that you create is, is funny and biting. Um, it's very, very much social commentary and satire. And I, I, just, I just think it's awesome. But didn't know that you knew her. That's awesome. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, Well. thank you. I appreciate that. We've hung out a couple times. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's a small... It's not the ex, ex-evangelical... Calling out Christian nationalism from a fundamentalist like background—it's <laughs> yeah. very niche.
2: <laughs> and with the algorithms,
0: you know, yeah. it's showing me all this the other people's stuff too, which it's fun. It's it makes you feel less alone in this crazy world.
2: Well, geographically, you guys—I think you guys are close to each other. If, mm-hmm. I, if I recall, correctly, yeah, Nashville is right. only
0: about three-ish yeah. hours from I was where just, I am. I,
2: I was in Lexington not too very long ago, and then I was uh, in Louisville, and then spent some time in that part of the world, but um, it's beautiful there. I don't, how long have you lived in that part of the world? And is it, is it strange? It Uh,
0: is. Well, it's strange because I've only lived here since August.
2: Oh, okay. So not long. Because we just
0: moved here from small town, Tennessee. um, (gasps) Okay. Gotcha. Which I think is giving Texas a run for who can be the most awful and conservative.
2: We're neck and neck, but I think, I think we got you. Yeah.
0: I think you might, you might,
2: (laughs) You have Nashville though, and we have Austin, so I think we've got our we got a couple of cities. Dallas
0: doesn't Dallas city proper usually go blue too? Like the yeah, cities usually It's
2: Still a very man. There's so much of that area that is so like there's Dallas, and then there's everything else. You know, like yeah, there's all, all the, the suburbs, the 50s. Yeah. You know, the 50 or maybe a hundred, however many. You know, there's Denton and all these and all these other little. They're very conservative. Um, Austin is just Austin. San Antonio is kind of in that in that same space, but. um if it's I so weird because I
0: grew up. I grew up in in Texas, from Dallas, and yeah. we used to look at Austin like the black sheep. Like oh, well, yeah. Austin's not really Texas because of yeah. how liberal it was. But then now I'm like, well, at least they have Austin yeah. still.
2: <laughs> I, I was born and raised in Northern California. I was born and raised amongst the hippies. All right, fact um, like my parents were hippies before they went all conservative on us. But so we were raised up in you know, up in what we call the Emerald Triangle, which is all kinds of you know, it's, it's the pot capital of the, of the country. Basically it's very liberal. And then, uh, when I joined the military, I ended up in Texas, you know, And I'm like, God, this is so weird, you know? And, uh, but we would go to Austin at least once a month or so just to be amongst people we felt normal around, like, like get me around people with tattoos and dreadlocks and piercings and <sighs> like, I can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> My people. Um, but yeah, it's, a. I had my uh, my son was talking about moving to Tennessee at one point and he partly just because you you know Tennessee's beautiful. I mean you can drive through Tennessee and go man there's parts of this I'm like I don't know if you're going to be happy there man <laughs> like you're pretty liberal it's going to be a, a rough a rough a rough road for you but Lexington is probably a little bit Lexington's different right
0: Lexington's cool I mean so Kentucky while is pretty conservative but we do we just reelected a democrat governor
2: yeah okay. so that's
0: not nothing and then lexington's pretty progressive i think they went like 60% for biden in 2020 so a small majority
2: yeah i mean it's better than nothing right yeah john you look like you're on the on the verge of saying something profound
1: uh never profound <laughs> ne- never <laughs> profound no. no well i'm sorry i please. mean i i you know i don't want to i don't want to dismiss all the stuff we've been talking about but um, another another section that you do seem to talk about a lot is the LGBTQIA plus community, um, and like you s- just recently said, you don't you don't feel like the, the Republicans have a long. Like this, this can be a long. The abortion rights issue was a very long, uh, well, it was a drawn out, drawn out yeah. Yeah. Uh, argument for them. You you see that they don't have that the, they don't have the longevity in that, and that's that's. I hope that's true. I really do because I see some of my LGBTQIA plus uh, siblings um, are put in harm's way, you know, almost on a daily basis. Uh, Nat and I have a friend who's been on been on our podcast who had to move and move secretly because of his transgender status. Weirdly enough, it was getting the hell out of Tennessee that, that he had to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that was one yeah. reason why we moved too. Yeah, what
1: was it really? So, I mean, what are your hopes? What are your hopes in this that, that we can see a, a brighter future in this? Because I, I'm scared shitless for my for my LGBTQIA plus siblings. I really am.
0: Yeah. No, I get that. I think um so my spouse is non-binary. And um like and I and I think they are more optimistic than even I am sometimes, and what? they, they like to good. ground ground me a little bit because um Even with all the scary uh, anti-LGBTQ laws and and book bans and, you know, there's a lot of obviously hate and, and hate crimes happening today, it's still better today than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like it does seem like those there's a certain group of people that are trying to pull us back, but... It's a lot easier to come out today than it was you know 30 years ago 50 50 years ago because I think even even though there's a lot more it, it does seem like the hate is kind of growing and and there are a lot of anti laws being passed those laws are only being passed because of all the progress that we've made for that community because now if someone comes out yes yes you can you might lose your family. You might lose your community, and those are all really scary and valid things. And those are things that have ha- always happened, and and that's like that's no small thing. But it's so much easier today to find that chosen family with with TikTok and with um, you know just with social media. And there's private groups where you can you know find a, a safe LGBTQ space that you can go to. That like you know like it's like church how church should be, but it's not church. You know, like I I try to keep perspective too, and like Beecher, my spouse, like he likes they like to tell me these things a lot too, because they they're just a lot happier now that they're out, and because they're out, like we have personally seen dozens, at least, of people who went from really bigoted and ignorant to now being fully affirming and supportive of us and a lot of that was sit, like because we talked like they just heard our story. And so I think the more that people start coming out and people there's it's not like there's more queer people today than there were 40 years ago. It's just that the world like our society generally speaking is more accepting so it's a safer place for people to come out. Even with all of the scary like it is scary, I'm not downplaying that because you know it, it's it's i think if anything, it's just kind of disarming because or you know disappointing because we were you know with Obama in twenty fifteen like gay rights, gay marriage was only legalized in twenty fifteen like that wasn't that that long ago, um but you know we were seeing all this progress, it seemed like we were starting to move really fast, and I think just in any his like history would show us like when you're starting to progress and it seems to be moving fast, that's when the the conservatives people like dig their heels in and and try desperately to pull it back. But they wouldn't be doing it so desperately if it was if we weren't like moving, you know. And I still think generally we're moving. I think it's going to be a painful, you know, several years, decade, maybe. Um, but I'm personally hopeful. And maybe it's just maybe it's just the people that I know. Um, which is very anecdotal. So this is not statistically, but I've just seen a lot of people go from being very unaffirming and bigoted, myself included, to now being fully affirming. Because you just can't... People aren't staying in the closet anymore. So you're having to be forced to wrestle with the issue of LGBTQ. We're like, you know, you just can't hide... Like, you literally can't hide from it. It's... It's everywhere and unless you're going to be a terrible person, which a lot of people are, to be fair. There are a lot of parents out there, there's a lot of family out there that will disown queer people and there's a lot of unsafe environments and I'm not telling people to to come like only you know when you should come out, if you should ever come out because you know your safe environment. But I would think if people meet, genuinely do love their kids and and like are decent human beings like at like a very basic just a little decent then they have to be forced to wrestle with that, with that issue, and and rethink it because they love their child or they love, you know, their friend. Like they, they, it's it's not this strange person that this party is demonizing. Like a strange group that's way over there that's trying to take over my country. It's like my bestie, and and I don't want to demonize my friend or my spouse.
2: I think you're right, and I've. I've... I've been heartened by a lot of my friends whose kids have come out that the vast majority of them have taken that opportunity to learn and say, okay, I've, I've, I've thought about, and I think it comes down to like, okay, you've, maybe you've thought about this your entire life in the, in the abstract. And it's very easy to sort of demonize a group of people that you have zero connection to, right? It's easy to dehumanize people. who... I have a handful of, you know, I do know a couple of people who have completely cut out and disowned their kids. And yeah, and I do, I do too. I, I don't understand that. I would, I would never, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that at all. But, but a lot more of them have actually become very outspoken advocates and very, very good allies and have taken the opportunity to learn and figure some stuff out. For me, and I know for John, all of this began with relationships and it's very, very hard for bigotry to survive relationships. I mean, it just, it just is an Either the absent,
0: bigotry survives or the relationship does. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, and like you said, it's like sort of baseline level decent human being says, okay, this is my friend. This is my, this is a person I love. They are not the caricature that I've been told that they are. <laughs> They're not secretly, you know, not, not some secret gay cabal trying to take over the country and run us all off and convert our kids and, I do find it telling that after all these years of actually keeping track, right, at least on some level of the percentage of the population that identifies that way, those numbers have not really changed. So for all of the fear <laughs> about how, you know, your kids are being indoctrinated, how come there's not like 30% gay folks then? Like how have they're not recruiting very well if the numbers haven't really ticked up. So
1: maybe well, there's if, more going on here than that. Right, John? but. <laughs> you know i go back to you know i was 17 18 years old and i was i was asked to in uh, to be included in the uh, a theater environment that's that was my first real indoctrination if you want to call it that my first connection with the lgbtq community and i had been told that these are horrible people they're godless they they're um abhorrent they um they're perverse I mean, it, you name it I mean I think we all have been we can all talk about what we were told when we were younger about this group of people and at 17 or 18 years old I found out that that was all just another lie that at the base all they wanted was to be loved and accepted for who they were and they 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 branched all different types of people you know I you know again we want to pigeonhole them into very specific Idea and that, and unfortunately, television has done a very good job of teaching us what a gay person is, whether be it lesbian, bisexual, or gay. And unfortunately, television has done a really piss poor job too. Uh, so that's all I had to go by because the, the church didn't explain to me what, what kind of spectrum I'm I expected to see. And then I'm introduced to the spectrum of the LGBTQ community and I'm like, oh shit, they're, they are just like me there's nothing different about them other than i like i'm i'm attracted to women and they are attracted to same sex or both or whatever but at the base of all of us is to be loved and accepted yeah and yeah
0: it's not, not that hard
1: no <laughs> it's really not it's like <laughs> and and the sad part is it's it, really it, it's it's really it, they're really asking for some basic stuff. When you really think about yeah. it,
0: I mean, they really just want to exist, and they're not bothering people.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe the right to, uh, yeah, just be left the hell alone. You know, that might be a, you know, but
1: well, I mean, just... we could say that the same thing about you know within like the Black Lives, uh, Black Lives Matter, right? We could say the same thing about that. It's like at the core of all that is Black Lives Matter. They just want to matter right is, how how sad is it that that's the, that's the, what they're asking is can we just matter can you look at us and tell us that we matter it's i mean it's it's saddening at the same time it's like it's but it's also it gives me a a place to stand and say yes i will stand with you on this and i will you know, I don't. I don't expect to understand all the shit that you've gone through, and that's for any of these groups—be it the LGBTQ plus community, or the Black Lives Matter community, or you know, the the Indigenous peoples' community. All of them, right? Is can we just at least give them the point that we say your voice about what you're going through matters, and I should shut the hell up and let you speak your truth. I mean that's that's the end of it is I mean that's the baseline, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we're going to
2: start to wind it down. We're going to absolutely link to all your stuff in the show notes when this comes out. We'll make sure people are following you on the tick on the Tickety Talk. Um, are you on any other platforms <laughs> as well? Are you on? <laughs> I have to maintain my you know my persona here as one who doesn't really know. But no. are you on? Facebook, Instagram, threads?
0: Yeah, I'm on them all. all I think. Of? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
2: What's, whatever, whatever, I mean, I guess next,
0: whatever it is now. Huh?
2: What's, what's Trump's network? or his?
0: You know what? I actually <sighs> am on Trump so, uh, are you Truth, really? Social,
2: Truth Social. Truth Social but are I just you have really? Like a
0: burn, I just have a burner account. Just to keep <laughs> buying some things. Just
2: so you can kind of lurk just in the background like, go.
0: around. I don't really check it that often. It's just like if someone posts something, a screenshot from it, I'd rather just go like, <laughs> Did that really exactly. happen? And and then usually, <laughs> wow. usually it is but, um but yeah I'm on I'm on Threads.
2: That's cool. I, I, I am on Threads too. I don't have any idea what I'm doing on Threads.
0: I just post what the same thing that I post on um Twitter X yeah. whatever, and it's so amazing. Like I have about the same followers on both. Really. And the the responses for the same post are just so different because Twitter or X pretty much just feeds it to trolls. Like I it's just like the people that will hate what I'm saying see it and they yeah, sure. let me know they hate it and <laughs> yeah. me
2: and, they, yeah, and you and everything you stand we're, for. Th- Where
0: threads is just like so chill. And it's just like, we're all hanging out and we're vibing and the <laughs> next is like, it's,
2: it's yeah, just totally. wild over there. <laughs> it's always been a bit of a dumpster fire, but it seems like it's, it's yeah. much more now. Yeah. I, I have
1: toyed around with leaving X, but I, I think kinda of like you with uh whatever Trump's thing is, you kinda of have to stay there so you can see what the dumpster fire is. I'm but, still trying or, to
2: figure out what you call it when you post something on that platform because you can't say you tweeted it anymore.
0: Well, I think you still can because the, the act the official URL is still twitter.com. Like if you go to it on a desktop.
2: Right I mean, So. I'd, I've heard many, many people on whatever they say, why tweet? They're like, I'm still going to say tweet because I'm not going to say, say "I X'd. Yeah, I it's Yeah, stupid. It may go down as one of the dumbest name changes in history. I don't even understand. Oh, why. yeah. I think so, yeah. You know,
1: that was,
0: the purchase itself was pretty dumb. <laughs> it
1: was, yeah, it was. Well, on, on a platform that had been around for so long and that we all understood exactly how it worked, to change the name on that is just, yeah.
2: Yeah, stupid. it's very well, or the, or the, uh, machinations of a of an egomaniac. <laughs> True. <laughs> to put his hands on True. something to make it different. But anyway, all that being said, we appreciate you coming. Uh, thank you so much yeah. for the content you create. I think it's great. If you guys aren't following April of Joy, you need to follow like crazy. Um blow up her <laughs> stuff, share it everywhere, make her famous and rich. That would be great.
0: Oh, That
2: would be something. Yeah, The the rich part, I'm not sure we can help with but We can definitely get you at least five or six more viewers. So don't worry about that. We'll reach into our vast reserves of followers and uh, we'll we'll get you to that next level. But again, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you for listening to This Is Not Church. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. If you would like to partner with us, visit patreon.com slash thisisnotchurch where you will receive exclusive content such as early access to episodes, videos of upcoming episodes, and live Q&A sessions. Be sure to check out our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode.